0: Hi everybody, this is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast Blues Hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a Blues fan.
1: Oh, baby.
0: Stop doing those diet or workout fads to lose weight. Use the tried and true approach from Rock and That Ideal Life that helps you find balance while enjoying food in moderation and nourishing your body. Try the Lean 30 program at rockinthatidealife.com and
1: let today be your last first day of your weight loss journey. When buying or selling your home, you need to feel protected. Realtor Mike Burgoyne not only looks out for your interests, but as a St. Louis area police officer, will make sure you feel safe and well-informed with every decision. Email mike at strikewithmike.com and start the process today. That's mike at strikewithmike.com. And now, ladies and gentlemen, somehow, someway, they are celebrating 13 years as the original and longest-running St. Louis Blues Podcast. Are you sure? I no one even thought they'd make 13 episodes. I mean, literally, all they talk about is drinking beer and, and hockey. It's 13 seasons already? I guess somehow it works. Ladies and gentlemen, ponder price and day. This is Let's Go Blues Radio, season 13, and your show starts now.
0: Welcome to episode one of season 13. This is episode number 432 all time of the often imitated, never duplicated, yada, yada, yada. with the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Special thanks to our sponsors, rockinthatidealife.com, strikewithmike.com, and centerizebrere.com for once again probably sponsoring the show. Please check them out. Also, don't forget to check out our t-shirt shop at let'sgoblues.com for the very best. St. Louis Blues-themed T-shirts at an unbelievably fair price. It is Wednesday, October 11th, opening night eve for the St. Louis Blues. They take on the Dallas Stars Thursday night in Dallas. And we're streaming live right now on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. To interact with the show on social media, our handle on all the socials is at LGB Radio. I'm Kurt Price. My co-host for the big show tonight is Bill Day. Jeff Bonder has had a very trying 12th season with the litigation, the notoriety, His subsequent deportation to Canada and that country's refusal to accept him. So he will not be joining us this evening.
2: Additional allegations have arisen.
0: (laughs) Uh, The agenda for tonight's includes discussion of boots. Uh, This is the St. Louis Blues 2023-2024 season preview show. The roster has been set and we'll discuss the makeup of this team going into the season and what we expect of them Armstrong spoke to reporters this morning. We'll talk about that. Uh, We'll talk about what the national media is saying about the Blues and their prediction this season. That'll be fun. Uh, The NHL uh, seems to have a Connor Bedard problem, some think, (laughs) and uh, Pride Night is under attack once again. So we'll we'll talk about all that and more on this edition of Let's Go Blues Radio. Uh, Welcome to season 13, uh, Bill. How's it smelling here to you? Smell like season season 13 to you?
2: Yeah, you know, it smells like thirteen year old goalie gloves. It's pretty oh, nice. rank.
0: Nice. Nice. <laughs> um I have it's it's good to be uh uh you know, start the season off and, and we got hockey going right now. We got Colorado up on LA, we got Chicago playing two games at two nights and both are on T V because that's the way it's gonna be the season with Chicago. Um
2: so yeah, it's good to have hockey back. I didn't even catch the final. Did they win tonight again? They lost. Uh, thank I think God. it was 3-1, I think, or something like that. But, but I would score, though. But that, that's all that matters. It's yeah. the only storyline out of that game.
0: A little wrap around. Yeah. And then, the, and then the NHL game, a reach-around. You know? <laughs>
2: No, I did catch uh, did catch the uh, some of the highlights of the Toronto Montreal game and uh, the I f- forget who was announcing it might have might have been Gary Galley, but uh, multiple times re- uh, referred to Eris uh, uh, Solovsky. yeah <laughs> tripping over my last year's number one overall pick for Montreal um, Slikovsky um, said he gave uh, he, he did a reach round twice. In, in the breakdown of beautiful beautiful pass to alex Newhook on the backhand but yeah um, made sure to say reach around twice on it so
0: <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> we're off and running we're off and running and let's go blues radio is off and running who's the one that says that um the announcer that when the team scores first and the blues are off and running oh shoot i don't know I forgot his name yeah it's a class ah. guy um yeah, so official beers of episode number four hundred and thirty-two. You can follow each of us on the untapped app. My handle is cprice Price twelve. Jeff says Jay ninety four. And Bill's is Billy Blue Note, thirty-three. Um, do you have a, a beer this evening, Bill? I do. Do you? I do. All right. Let me let me, let me get mine. Let me reach behind me. What let me reach
2: around behind me. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> while you you take, uh, your, you take care of your reach around and I'll talk about my beer. All right, sounds good. All right. So Oh, this is let's go blues radio. So uh, I had to go with the theme night, um, KBS blueberry from Founders. This year's KBS variant from uh, from my favorite uh, Michigan brewery, um, uh, blueberry flavored Kentucky Breakfast Stout. Um, still, still thinking this one over it's it's everything i like it's coffee it's stout it's blueberries but mm, mm, it's it i don't know I'm, when i I'm, like i said i'm still still deciding on this one
0: when i hear blueberries and breakfast i think blueberry sausage you ever have that mm-hmm. oh yeah. delicious whoever thought to put blueberries and sausage together is genius that's fantastic stuff oh man <laughs> I, I poured my beer kind of fast and there's a, quite the head on it. And uh, <laughs> damn, near, damn near overflowed. I wasn't even watching it. it <clears throat> Let me guess.
2: It's a Fat Elvis.
0: Did you see the can? I did not. Yeah. Did you smell it? The banana from here? From here?
2: The banana from my house. <laughs>
0: right. It is. Mine is a uh, Fat Elvis from Four Hands. It's my last Fat Elvis from last season.
2: So. they're they're uh out in stores right now got yeah. it, uh, it at the Deerbergs. i always I always like to do that with absence of white um
0: to to get some at the end of the run from the previous year and then keep one can just yeah. just in case yeah. you know to, and then and I drink it when the new stuff comes out and then okay good now i it, it got me over.
2: Yeah, I um uh, two two shows ago, I had my last fat fat Elvis. It was delicious.
0: Yeah, I mean, oh, you did, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, I it is so it is so good. It is uh it's one of those beers. You know, I've complained on the show before about beers that don't. You know, they'll 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 say that there's you know it'll, the name of blueberry or chocolate or whatever, and, and you drink it and you know, you can't taste it. Um, you can taste the banana in this fat Elvis. Oh yeah, it, is, it comes oh. too strong. It is
2: I
1: very it be, forward
0: it may be a banana thing with beers because uh, is it wells banana bread mm-hmm. uh, beer which is I like a lot that's a strong banana flavor too so maybe it's just bananas in general and beer just comes through pretty strong
2: I don't know but I like it mm, It yeah I, I will be picking some up on my next beer store run and the can just kind of the design just kind of kicks ass
0: forehand kind of knocks these out of the park with their can design the label designs it's good stuff yeah. especially the absence of light stuff all right uh, blues preseason we got uh, four blues players were put through waivers all four did clear we got the uh, Rosen McEachern Walker and Suban were put through waivers um, I don't think anybody would really care I mean oh, this, okay, this probably I almost shouldn't say about anybody but uh, personally um if mckecker walker or suban were to have been claimed i would not have cared whatsoever um uh, i would have a little shocked because i you know about teams wanting those players but whatever um rosen was the interesting one to me um that he went through waivers and i thought there was a chance he might get taken um but he did not um i think we're somewhat pro rosen on this team i don't know i am uh, on this team, on this show. <laughs> um, no, but uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, I t- have some conversations with people online about Rosen. I don't, I don't understand what some people don't see in him, uh, as far as how he played last year, anyway. Um, he played well last season, he was one of our better defensemen, if not our best defensemen, uh, for the entirety of the season last season. How he played, I yeah. thought, I, 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 he was, he, I, and then and they, people will say, well, you know, the defense was really bad overall. So saying he's the best one, doesn't say too much, but he was still the best one.
2: <laughs> you know? Right. Right. You, you kind of felt like he was, um, you know, he had gotten some traction and, um, you know, it was kind of on the, the Carl Gunnarsson path, right. A uh, guy that we picked up from Toronto for very little and, uh, you know, brought him in to uh, to see what he could do, and he showed us something, and then he stuck. But yeah, not the case for Rosen. Um, you know, I I I think, uh, it, and it's not going to be you know one one injury he gets called up right. We have what like, seventy five defensemen up here already. Yeah, so,
0: and, um, and yeah, so and because uh, you've got you know Prunovich who's going to play. Um, you think he's, you think he'd be slotted in maybe game number two or three, at least depending on how the things go, they probably want to get him some playing time, but he's not dressed, right? He's not going to start, uh, tomorrow. I don't think so.
2: Yeah. Armstrong wasn't committal on that point, right? Nobody expects him to. In practice. yeah. Yeah.
0: He's been on that, that extra pairing. So him Bertuzzo.
2: Yeah which uh, I I almost rather them like when I, when I read that uh, uh, I think, I think it was either it was core JR. One of the two said that uh, it's looking like a scandela Tucker uh, third pairing for starting the season. I was like, Oh, that's bad. I don't, I don't like, I, I'm
0: all for giving Tucker's, you know, some time to see what he can do. I, I, don't quite get Tucker over Rosen at this point, but whatever
2: it's Um, it's size. Okay. I
0: I understand that. I understand that that the defense is small. They're not physical generally. And except for Bertuzzo who doesn't play every day anyway. So it's like they want to get some size in there. I get it, but you're sacrificing talent for size. So, I mean now if the, if the rest of the defense, you know, if, if Pareko, Falk, and Krug, if they play to the, our expectations of them, what they, how they, we feel they should be playing, then okay. Then you can then you can trade off a little, little bit of talent for uh, for some size with Tucker, I guess. But man, if if the defense is as porous as it was last season, and you're taking a little more skill, not that Rosen's a highly skilled defense, but he was more skilled than Tucker. Um, you're taking that skill off for some size. I'm not sure if that's going to work. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I guess at the end of the day with, with, uh, you also are bringing in, uh, you know, a younger guy, right. Uh, guy that you want to season. This isn't a year where we're expected to do a whole hell of a lot, right. Maybe, maybe push for a wild card spot, whatever. Um, so you want to get, give a guy like that some experience so that, you know, in a year or two when we're uh, in a better position to challenge, you, you know, you're not just bringing him up at that point, but when you had a guy like Rosen who was able to, you know, he was a very good transitional defenseman last year, something, you know, that we, we lacked, um, you know, especially with, you know, Krug being out injured and otherwise underperforming. Um, you know, he, he brought an element that this team just lacked last year and really thought that he would get a shot, but I guess they're going to put, you know, expect that Prunovich can ultimately replace him on this roster. Uh, I hope so. I mean, Prunovich was such a high draft pick and we've had such high hopes for him. Um, hey, as far as we know, we haven't heard any any updates today. It didn't come out in the presser, but he made it through training camp uninjured, so there's something,
0: <laughs> right? And and look, I'm all for, I'm a I'm a big fan of Perunovic's potential uh, on this team. I, I just, it, it, but I, you know, uh, brubeck and uh, Armstrong came out and said that he's he's not where they want him to be defensively, so he's got to work on that. That's why he's not. He might not be in the starting, you know, six uh, tomorrow. Um, rumored to be whatever. So that's apparently going to be some kind of slow thing where they work him in as he as he works on his defensive side of his game. Um, but uh, yeah. So I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. Um, I think uh, Matt Harris uh, says in the YouTube chat that uh, you guys don't look a day over season nine. Well, thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. <clears throat> I don't I don't feel a day over season nine. I moisturize, though, so. <laughs> um, so, Brube's comments on Rosen being exposed to waivers. I don't, he says, I don't think it's one thing or another. I think uh, Perunovic showed us this year that he's taken another step. He's got some pretty good ability offensively. We felt that he did enough in camp. Decisions have to be made. So, I get it. But that And it's funny because it's like, and like you said, it's like Perunovic over Rosen, but I'm not necessarily thinking that I'm thinking I see Scandella in the lineup and I'm thinking, damn it. Rosen should be there instead of Scandella or, you know what I mean? There there could be, I'd rather see Rosen, and Tucker in lineup over, uh, over Scandella. Um, One, he can't stay healthy. And two, I have no confidence in his game. He's got to do a lot right for a long stretch of time before I think he's, uh, before I have confidence in in him on the ice again, because he's just he was in so, I mean the defense as a whole, uh, can, you can say that about. But I, he I have I have not liked it. I didn't like his play last season. He didn't play much last season, but still. Uh, Brube on Alexandrov getting a spot over uh, Walker and McEachern. Uh I thought the he said I thought the game he played in Dallas, and then he followed up with another good game here. We were waiting for him to show us what he was capable of doing. And I thought he did that the last two games. I like Alexandrov. I I, I think he can be a nice guy to sub in and out on that fourth line with uh, the and neighbors um, depending on matchups and whatnot. And, and who's playing well and who isn't. I think there's a, I don't know. Um, Torpchenko is there too. Uh, like Torpchenko. So um, I don't know. I I, I, I like the fourth line. I think the fourth line can be, can be good. Um assuming Torpchenko, again, stays healthy, throws his weight around. He's a big kid, you know, around the net, uh a little bull in a China shop kind of thing going on there. So uh, I'm looking yeah. forward to, I'm looking forward to him and Alexander on that fourth line too.
2: Yeah. It, you know, it, it probably says a lot about, you know, where we are with this team when a, a lot of the focus is uh on how we're kind of excited about the fourth line and, you know, having an identity fourth line, right. That, that and, People go back to 2019. We also had a lot more high-end offensive skill on that team. So um, focusing on uh, the fourth line uh, as much as yeah has happened well, to this point, um, a little concerning, but at the same time, we don't expect this team, I don't expect this team to compete for our Stanley Cup. I'd like to see them competitive in the playoff race, but yeah. Yeah. I, I think if you can get these young guys that that kind of exposure, you know, have them out there as a fourth line, um, you know, the one thing I would worry about is limiting their ice time. You know, fourth liners usually suffer that the worst, um, you know, I, but I think it, it also forces them to play part of the game that they didn't have to play, Um neighbors you know thinking about neighbors in Alexandria, they're both very you know when they were coming through juniors they were very high skilled guys right and
1: it's 10 p.m do you know where your children are
2: five minutes late
0: yeah it's kind of snuck up on me we started late that <laughs> <So laughs> that 10 that 10 uh, 10 yeah. o'clock uh snuck up on me there
2: yeah so you know maybe maybe this you know Really is going to be a throwaway year, and you have those guys seasoning down on the fourth line. Um, you just hope that they get uh, they get rolled out more often than we've seen fourth line play over the last few years.
0: Um, the opening night roster uh, will consist of Prunovich, Tucker, and we mentioned Alexandrov. I will made the team. Uh, you know, partly because they played their way on, and partly because Armstrong didn't want to put them through waivers. Uh, Prunovich uh, would have definitely been taken. Uh, Tucker and Alexandrov, eh, probably not. Uh, the last set of Blues practice lines were these. So we got line one, Bujnevich, Thomas, and Kairu. Second line, Sad Shen, Kapanen. Third line, Verona, Hayes, Blay. Fourth line, Torpchenko, Sunquist, and the Neighbors. And then, uh, based on practices anyway, Alexandrov was the uh, 13th guy. So uh, our our group of forwards, Bill. Your thoughts on what you want to see out of this group? Uh, do you like this group? Um, what are your expectations of this group?
2: Um, you know, it, I I think that the top the top end still is uh, a couple years away, right? Thomas and Kairou are the future. I don't think the future is now. Um, I'm I'm glad we brought in another solid contributor in, in uh, Hayes. Um, especially, you know, having lost O'Reilly. Um, you know, o- O'Reilly was probably, you know, starting to get onto the wrong side of uh the you know, the age line. Um, so you know, unfortunate, you know, I was disappointed when he didn't sign back here, but you know, I think Armstrong kind of figured that wasn't gonna happen and you know, had the, the Hayes thing um done. Um, I like that we brought him in, um, looking forward to, to what a full season of, uh, Verana and Kapanen, um, uh, see what they can do and see if, you know, they, they weren't just change of scenery guys last year. Um, you know, Verana has so much high end talent. Um, you know, he had some baggage in, in, uh, Washington and Detroit. Uh, hopefully, you know, he's gotten the top that part of his life straightened out and now he can focus on playing hockey and being, you know, the high-end talent that he was could be one of the greatest steals in history uh, for this team, <laughs> if that were the case. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the, they're compared to other teams in the division, especially, you know, Colorado and Dallas, who everybody's you know, expecting to be top two in the Central, um, you know, where there's there's a pretty big gap. I think um, that said, you know, if Thomas and Cairo suddenly matured overnight this summer and come out this year and light up the league, it wouldn't surprise me as well.
0: Um, Mike Shul- Sloman in the, uh, in the chat says, uh, wait, I thought one of those dudes was ponder. And the other one is price. Is that not true? Uh, I am price uh, ponder. Um, is. <laughs> <laughs> due to the allegations is not here um uh, it is it is day and price uh, tonight ponder mm-hmm. Ponder is celebrating his anniversary let's see if yes
2: allegedly. So, allegedly yes allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> that's why there's the allegations right. allegedly
0: so congratulations to uh to them on on their their anniversary of their nuptials right yes I,
2: I didn't get what year mm-hmm. it was Is it less than 13? have we been together longer?
0: It is. It is less than 13. <laughs> um, all right. So yeah. Uh, our group of forwards, I, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic about, um, oh, Ponder says, is it nine years? Nine years. Mm. Less than oh. uh. Nine times. <laughs> uh, I, I've, Kapanen and Verona, I am cautiously optimistic about. Uh, They played so well after acquiring them late last season. Kapanen had 14 points in 23 games last season, which is a 50-point pace when you average out over the course of a season. And Verona had 14 points in 20 games, which is a 57-point pace. If they can put up 50-plus points, each of them, shit. That'd be fantastic uh, for those two guys uh, on this team. So uh, if they don't yeah, if they if they don't pick up where they left off, um, and they struggle, uh, then you'll see some line shuffling. You know, you might see Blay get moved up to the second line. You might see neighbors get moved up, and then that's going to be a complete mess. So if you start seeing a bunch of line shuffling and seeing Blay move up, you know, people are getting hurt. People aren't playing the way they should. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully they're they're. Uh, I don't know. They they said all the right things last season. And they played well, so hopefully that continues. Uh, the top line of Bujinovic, Thomas, and Cairo, I think, it has the ability to be one of the one of the better lines in the NHL um, if they stay together. Which, I, knowing Berube and a lot of NHL coaches, you know they'll be split up after the uh, going into the third period in the first game. So,
2: right, uh, one it, missed pass, yeah,
0: one missed pass, or things aren't working, yeah. or they, or they're struggling a little bit. I split them up. Don't give me time to, to make it work. Just just split them up. Uh, but they did have a good preseason, and they played a lot together in preseason. Uh, Thomas was one of, one of the a few players in the NHL that had five goals in the preseason, and him and Kyru both led the team in scoring in, with six points in uh, four games. So they played well. They had a good preseason. Um, and uh, I, I think Kyru Cairo ne- Cairo. Cairo needs to... <laughs> Needs to uh, show noticeable improvement in his own zone and neutral zone play. I think that's, that's, everyone knows this. Um, so yeah. if there is no improvement in his neutral zone play and own zone play, when everybody in the world knew it last season, everyone was talking about it. He knows he's been told. And if there's no improvement, oh right. I mean, it's like, come on. Right. So you expect right. improvement there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. After pouring, you know, 8.25 million down him last year uh, at this point, he's, you know, he's got to start hitting, you know, the, the, the point in his career where he's, you know, the maturity is starting to set in, and he's showing, showing, you know, things on both sides of the puck.
0: Um, I think, um, you know, I mentioned before about Torpchenko playing big throwing his weight around uh creating some havoc uh on that fourth line sunquist having him back is fantastic um everyone's excited about him but i don't think i even haven't seen a lot of of talk about him necessarily on uh uh, the social medias and the the media and stuff and talked about sunquist a whole lot so looking forward to seeing him out there um you know verona hayes and blake can be a real nice third line if they click as a group um And Blay was fantastic offensively last season. So after requiring him, so there's a lot that you can like about the forwards, you know? um, So we'll see how it goes. I I think, um, I think they may need to keep that top line together just to have that, that, that dynamic line because the rest of them can be good, but they're nowhere near that top line. So, you know, you, you gotta, if you want to, Run and gun with the big boys in some of these games. You need a line like Bouchenevich, Thomas, and Kyrou. So we'll uh, we'll see how long they stay together and how long will they play. Hopefully, it's a Hull Oates and who the fuck was with Hull Oates?
2: <laughs> uh, Dave Lowry. Dave
0: Lowry was with those. Yeah, Momessa, was was with it?
2: No, uh, short for a short like a, period. Yeah,
0: yeah. Lowry, a little banger. Yeah, back in the days when you wanted a you wanted a goal scorer, you wanted a setup man,
2: you wanted a banger. Right, clear space for him.
0: (laughs) That was the that was the recipe for success for a NHL line.
2: Yeah, but then you know we had two fourth lines, right? Right. Ken Wilson of what? uh, Or not Ken Wilson? Wilson. Ron Wilson. Ron Wilson. Ron Wilson or Rick Mahar. Rick Mahar. Bob Basson. Yeah,
0: Yeah. we had. You know what? I mean. And the Sutter twins. Yeah, Rich and Ronnie. It it was. It was funny. It's funny because. are all cities like this? Do all cities just love guys like Mahar and Bassin and Conroy and all these just these, these the
2: blue collar guys,
0: blue collar third line guys that just bust their ass and and get that hard working goal every now and then, and they're, they're just fun to watch. I guess every city loves these guys because because when they come here to St. Louis, everyone's like, ah, it's typical St. Louis blue player, right? So, yeah. fans love that kind of player, the 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 Brian Sutter kind of a guy. Well, Brian Sutter was an exception. He was. Also skilled offensively, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess every city is somewhat like that. They like those kinds of guys. It's just, like, yeah. I don't know
2: for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every city's got to have, you know, it's backbone. It's, it's blue collar, you know, hardworking class of people. So yeah, you want that represented in your hockey team. And yep. in the early, uh, early nineties, late eighties, the blues had it in spades. Yep. Yeah, and it's probably because,
0: you know, that, that's those kinds of players are more prevalent on your third and fourth lines than on your <laughs> your top two lines, <laughs> right? So that's like, those are the kinds of guys that we typically got in the 80s and, and 90s, right? So it's just the third and fourth line guys that we'd sprinkle up into the second line. Uh, defensive pairings, not a whole lot different than last year, I guess, but uh, Letty Pareko, Krug Falk. And Scandella and Tucker, uh, with maybe possibly Prunovic and Bertuzzo as the uh, two guys in the box, press box. So this group, this and this is the elephant in the room, right? For this 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 this, this organization, is the defense. So uh, you want you want to go? What do, you, what do you want to see out of this group this season as a whole, Bill?
2: Um, I don't want to get too far ahead of us, but you know, I, I thought the comments that uh, Armstrong made in his presser about Pareko, right—that he's not an offensive guy, he's 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 got to be a stay-at-home kind of guy, yeah. uh, defense-first kind of guy. Um, you know, as as long as Pareko can remember that, I think that that's probably a good start for this defense. Yeah, um, you know, he's got great speed, so he you know he can recover, but he the problem with him is defensive zone coverage and um, getting out of position too quickly. Um, so, uh, you know, let's, let's see what the system is, right? We've, we've been saying this, you know, for a year, right? We'll wait till Mike Van Ryd gets fired and see what the next guy could do. Right. Let's, yep. let's see what they can do on the defensive end. Right. Justin Falk. I think you, you know what you have. He's, you know, I would not be shocked if he doesn't score the first goal for the Blues this season. He, I think he did that last year. Um, He's he's still,
0: you know. Is that your prediction for the first goal of the season?
2: I'm I'm gonna go with Justin Falk. Yes. All right. Cool. So uh, I'm gonna go Sunquist. uh, Really? Mm. Oh yeah. Mm. All right. He
0: scored. He scored a couple in the preseason. Yeah. I'm gonna go Sunquist.
2: Yeah. Uh, It's uh, it'll be interesting to see tomorrow night. But uh, yeah, I'm. uh, I don't know. I, I. I think Krug has just there's no way that he can be uh, worse than he was um, <laughs> you know last year last year was just a bad year i thought and I thought he was kind of like the um the bellwether for the team right he, he was the the guy that you know just he had a bad year the defense had a bad year you know not saying that it, it was entirely his fault but when the Blues played well he seemed to not have bad games.
0: Um. Matt Harris says uh, he's of the opinion that the, every city does love that kind of player, blue collar, hard worker, like uh, <laughs> Tucson Roadrunners legend Zach Sanford.
2: <laughs> uh, congratulations on your season tickets to that.
0: Yeah. Right. I mean, at least you're close to the ice. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So. For me, it, you know, it's not really about one specific player, but the defense as a whole. Because I guess, and the the, the thinking is, is that, and a lot of people have said this, is that they can't be worse than last year. And I'm like, oh, no, they can. <laughs> you can be worse than, than you were last year. They were, But they were pretty bad last year. And I think that was like a, a perfect storm of crap. You know, there were injuries. There were just guys not playing well. Uh, some forwards weren't playing well in their own zone, which that is a big part of playing defense is how the forwards play and the forwards aren't aren't back checking properly and, and taking away passing lanes and and taking away the high guy in the slot and stuff it's just like it's harder on the defense uh, not to give the defensive pass because they missed so many assignments in front of the nose crazy uh, yeah so yeah.
2: you know we heard armstrong talking is you know the first presser of the preseason about all the high danger scoring chances that we gave away last year. And that this team has got to do a lot better job. Right. And that's, that's what I'm going to be looking for tomorrow night. Right. You're going up against a very elite offense um, with, uh, with Dallas. If you can, you know, keep uh, Robertson to the outside, uh, don't I'm let like Jimmy it. Ben. Yeah. Don't let Jimmy Ben get too far into the kitchen. Um, you know, it, it's their Wyatt Johnson, keep him on the perimeter you're going to have a much better chance than giving up all those, you know, grade A, you know, between the hash marks chances like we did last year. So that, that's that got to be, you know, the the first thing I'll be looking for is how well are we defending below the hash marks in our own zone?
0: And part of that is is playing physical. I don't want to sound like an old school guy, mm-hmm. but I mean, you can't. Based on how things happened last year, is it, you, they weren't physical. They weren't. They weren't clearing the crease. They weren't clearing the the shooting lanes. They weren't tying up sticks. They they weren't doing the little things physically in front of the net to to mess things up for the other team. To put that scientifically, um, and I know the D is not built for this, but they have to play more physical. and And okay, if Tucker's going to play, fine, but he better be physical. And he Uh better, he, I mean, that's, that's his game. If he's in there to be physical, he better be physical because if he's not physical, then fucking get him out of there and get Rosen in there. Because I don't want to see a Tucker that's not physical. What does he bring otherwise? Not much. I don't think. So, um, staying healthy is, is part of it. You know, uh, Scandella, Krug, uh, and Pareko was, I mean, we speculated last season that he may have been dealing with some kind of injury long-term like uh, uh, uh Bo Meester had. It just took him a while to kind of recover because Bo Meester was playing like ass, kind of like Pareko is. So I'm like, maybe this is going to the well again with this. Uh, well, maybe he's playing hurt kind of a thing. Um, maybe. But uh, I, I think, you know, Pareko has a lot to prove this season. And going back to what you said about what Armstrong said about him not being a an offensive forward. Um, he used to be, you know what I mean. He and it yeah. wasn't so much that he was putting up a ton of goals and a ton of points. He got his share back when he first came up. But the way he just the way he moved up the ice, he would go end to end, uh-huh. and he and was dynamic, and he would create a scoring chance down. I mean, he doesn't do that anymore. He doesn't take the puck in his own end, uh, uh, blow by people in the neutral zone and go wide, you know, in in the in the in the offensive zone and create a chance he doesn't he used to do that a lot and he doesn't do that anymore so I think to say that he's not an offensive guy you know he might not put up the points but I'd love to see him carry the puck more like he used to
2: Right, and that was Armstrong's point. I think is he's he specifically said he's got to be a Jay meester type of player, right? Skate himself out of danger, and sure. that's that is you're you're absolutely right. That wasn't part of his game last year, and I I don't think he has to be the dynamic you know guy in the offensive zone but be able to get out of your own zone without you know a bonehead turnover pass um you know chip it off the boards and go get it push the play up the ice that's that's what we need we but we don't need him to go all the way behind the other team's goal all the no. time no, like you no. did his rookie year sure but
0: i mean it's exciting
2: yeah uh it, it but it's exciting when it's effective, but sure. Yes.
0: It, it is irresponsible when it's
2: not right. <laughs> right. You know, I, I, I think at this point we're trying to be realists realist with, uh, sure. you know, with where his game should be.
0: Sure. And I, and man, I was a huge Preco fan for so long, but you know, that expired last season for me. And I'm like, you got to start playing better, dude. I, I I can't support you anymore with the way you're playing. Uh, Ken Morris says, uh, Kurt sounds like Don Cherry. Uh, you know what? I, I've, Maybe I'm in the minority. I I love Don Cherry. I just for the just for the I mean, he's a he's a complete dick, but I just in the same I like him in the same way I like uh, like Howard Stern. He just says what he wants to say. Uh, Brett Hall is a better example. He just says what he wants to say even though it's it can be stupid and uh inappropriate. Uh I'm there for it. I'm like, yeah, dude, say what you want to say. We'll rip you later. But I like the fact that you're putting it out there and creating a conversation, (laughs) whether it be an offensive or inappropriate or old school or whatever. Just you know, it makes for good conversation. Um, Okay, goaltending Bennington and Hofer. Um, Your thoughts on the on the goaltending duo tandem coming into this season?
2: Um, yeah, I, it, this is what we expected, right? Um, you know, the Thomas Grice era is forgotten and, uh, Hofer's here to, uh, to, you know, to back up Bennington, right? Uh, Bennington is 30 now Bennington, like he's got to show maturity on the ice. Um, you know, his, his rookie year is the stuff of legend, but it's ancient history now. Um, you know, that, I I don't want to see the trying to pump the team up as you know the team goon. What, I don't want to see the way, those uh, what, antics anymore. What if the team is like you know
0: battling for last overall? You, don't you want some entertainment it, on the ice, Bill? It, <laughs> at that point, at that
2: point, yeah. Let's let's let. It, I I I do honestly think that he will not completely give that up until he gets his one fight. If, if he gets one fight and that I'm still pissed at the linesman in the Minnesota game last year uh, yeah, for taking that away from us.
0: I don't care that he was doing his job. I, and, and and I think technically the league wanted him to do that. Read the room. You know, the mm-hmm. whole league wanted somebody to try and beat Bennington's ass. Right. Yeah. And Bennington has been asking for, you know, this kind of thing to happen. So just let it happen. And then all of a sudden it's done. It's over with. You know, he got mm-hmm. his fight um, and I'll, I'll, I'll die on the Hill saying that Florida went down there. Uh, he wanted to fight, but he went down there and then just kind of coasted and he didn't, didn't really engage Bennington that much. Like he could have, because Bennington was tied up when Florida down there. Right. So if yeah. he goes into Bennington and grabs him right through the referee, mm, then you never know, but he didn't do that. He kind of just fade away. Yeah,
2: so. I, you know, and I think that showed restraint on his part, right? You, you don't want you know, you to pull him away, but that would have made for so much more better, you know, so much better drama than <laughs> oh. than oh. what what became of that whole situation. But, uh, you know, Jordan Bennington showed us in 2019 that he knows how to win or has the ability to win at this level and can play at an elite level. Um, and it's, you know... Here we are, you know, four years later, and he's he's been decent, but he hasn't been elite. And you know, that's I I think for this team to really push for a strong playoff position and a strong playoff year, we have to see him go back to an elite level. Um, I yeah. I have confidence that he can do it, but uh, you know, there's a lot of other things that have to go right with this team.
0: I agree. But. And I think I think the other things that have to go right are are the, the play in front of him. Mm-hmm. Uh that is going to be paramount in in how Bennington's play is perceived. Because if the play in front of him sucks, he's not gonna have good numbers. And people are gonna say, it's more of the same, Bennington, you know, with the two point nine GAA or three three GAA, whatever it's gonna be. And it's like I'm like, you know, there's only so much you can do. I, you know I don't and I, I'm afraid we're gonna have this same these same damn conversations this season about you know advanced stats saying he's terrible but we're saying it's the defense and say well the advanced stats take into account the defense I'm like no they don't not every, they don't count everything and it's just you know the whole watch the game conversation right you know watch the play know what know what to look for. I have a feeling it's gonna be something like that again unless the defense can play well defense plays well and Benjamin plays like he did last season with a good defense in front of him and a responsible defensive team in front of him in his own zone. I think, I think um, this team is easily a playoff team. Yeah. Uh, I, I, but I mean, that's a big, huge, what if, right?
2: So, right, right. I mean, the, the team underperformed last year, you expect that they will perform at least you know, Come at, back to the norm a little bit, right? Regress to the mean. Yeah. Um, in this case, I guess progress to the mean. <laughs> um, and if that happens, I, I think they're right there. Uh, I think that the uh, uh, predictions, uh, the 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 advanced stats predictions and models that we'll get to talking about here soon um, are um, could be blown out of the water, but. You know, if there is an improvement, they could be very well correct.
0: Uh, Mike Schloman in the uh, chat asked for our, I guess, our thoughts on the Blues MVP and the Blues Most Improved. So I guess we can, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, Matt Harris says MVP will be our goal leader this season with 83. <laughs> Sammy Blay. <boy. laughs> 83 goals, huh? Wow. Wow. <clears throat>
2: I think that I think that would have to involve a couple of trades and retrades from New York from to, to, to get to that level. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. It energizes him. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I, I really don't have of all the, the, the things to be concerned about on this team. Goaltending is like my least. I, I don't think I have a a concern with goaltending. I think the goaltending can be fine and there's no reason to think it won't be fine. Um now will it be elite? Oof. I don't know. But uh, good enough to win games with a capable defense in front of him? Sure, absolutely.
2: I um, I will say this that I am just a, a million percent more confident uh in having Hofer, Hofer than Grice. than Grice. I mean Grice was over the hill. Uh, at the point that he got here, and just still, I, I, mm. yeah, the decision to bring him in is one that I just I'll I'll never fully get.
0: Yeah, well, I think everybody knew from the the get go that he was just a a a, a bridge to Hofer. Right? Yeah, because Hofer wasn't ready right. yet. So right,
2: but you know, Doug Armstrong's judgment of goaltending for fringe goaltending talent is not great. Right, I don't Chad know. Johnson. Brian Elliott came in here. Yeah. <laughs> so, he, so yeah, but Chad Johnson, right—the the guy that got waved so starter Huddin could come up. Starter, starter Huddin. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, you give the give people the opportunity, um, and somebody's going to take it. Um, Grice wasn't that guy.
0: Chad no. Johnson
2: wasn't that guy. No. But
0: uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Uh, I'm looking forward to see Hofer play uh, 30 games or whatever he gets in. Uh, That'd be, that'd be fun. Uh, He, you know, very limited play last season. He looked good mostly. So looking forward to that. Hopefully he can, he can maintain that if he can be, yeah, uh, hopefully it's a situation where Bennington's playing well, but Hofer, but there's a conversation. Oh my gosh, Hofer might take Bennington's job, even though Bennington's playing well, that'd be a great situation to be in. Um, but yeah, I'm not really concerned about my, my concern about defense uh, uh, with along with everybody else, right. Is the defense Uh, forwards. I'm not really concerned about too much, uh, but a lot of that hinges on Kapanen and Verona, as far as how they, if, if they can continue what they started here with us last season, I think that's, that's a big depth piece to the, to the forwards. I'm not worried about the first line uh, offensively at all. I think they'll be fine. Uh, I guess the question is, point wise for let's say completely healthy, Thomas and Kyru, Uh do you have any point expectations for them this season?
2: Mm, completely healthy playing together, uh, playing together, um, I could see, I could see eighty to ninety point guys.
0: If they're both over eighty, that's a big deal.
2: Well, and and if they stick with Bushnevich, right?
0: Yes. They, 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 they could have three guys over 80 on the same yeah. line. That's, I mean, Bush Davis must stay healthy too.
2: Right. So. And, and he's got to stay healthy. And then you also have to have a second line that, uh, you know, somebody, some teams are afraid of, at least that, you know, that you're not just getting shut down every night. You're not getting the shut down guys every night. Um, and, and, that, and that comes back to Kaplan yeah. to me. Like, Captain's
0: on that second line right now. So if he, I mean, if he plays well, you know, he's with Saad and Shen, you know, I'm not worried about Shen too much. Uh, Saad's only 30. It seems like he should be 40, doesn't it? And he seems like he's been around for a long time. Um, but, you know, I mean, if Saad plays well, if, I, a lot of ifs, right? But mm-hmm. uh, the second line could be good. Um, it, but I think a lot of the hinges on Kapanen personally, you know, I I can see them. I can see both Kapanen and Verona getting bumped around this line, this, these this lineup quite a bit if they don't they're not consistently productive so so we shall we shall see um, right now we um, let's see what we got we got to pay some bills so uh, Armstrong spoke with the press today uh, we'll talk about that uh, what he said on the other side of this break uh, featuring our lovely sponsors you're listening to Kurt Bill on Let's Go Blues Radio
1: we'll return after these messages Every beer league hockey night, I grab my hockey bag and sticks and throw them in the trunk of my car, and the very next thing I do... I mix up a boost of energy courtesy of rockinthatidlife.com. It's formulated to break up its delivery in three ways, which helps me get through all three periods of hockey. Phase one provides a rapid onset of energy, concentration, alertness, and motivation. By period two, I'm receiving a dose of sustained energy, increased focus, metabolism, cognitive function, performance, and feelings of well-being, which I need with the way I play. In Phase 3, I'm getting fatigue protection without jitters and crash, an elevated mood and a reduction of fluid retention to help me make the big play when it counts. This same triphasic approach helps me when I drink it during work hours or simply just for a pick-me-up when I need it. Try one of the four energy flavors by visiting rockinthatidlife.com, but make sure to email Dustin at rockinthatidlife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you to receive an additional 10% off your order. That's rockin That. At idlife.com
2: Centerized Brewery is a beer lover's dream for hockey fans. Based in St. Louis, Missouri, owner Steve Albers has been brewing hockey-themed favorites for thirsty sports fans since 2017. From the Beauty IPA to the Old Arena Lager, a cold, frosty, hockey-themed beer is just what the doctor ordered for hockey fans in St. Louis. Make sure to check your local beer store for Center Ice Brewery Beer today.
1: LGB, let's go beer. During the magical 2019 playoff run, I was in the midst of buying my current home. Every time I spoke with my realtor, obviously, home buying was the discussion. But in the back of my mind, I couldn't stop thinking about what was destined to happen for our St. Louis hockey team. If only there were a realtor who could have walked me through the process, held my hand when needed, but was there to be a sounding board when I wanted to complain about a certain hand pass goal. Let realtor Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage be that for you. He'll have your needs top of mind as he skates you through the home buying or selling process dangling you past any obstacles and assisting on all your home goals check out strikewithmike.com for more information or give him a call directly at 314-753-4060 that's mike burgoyne with real brokerage at strikewithmike.com and that number again is 314-753-4060 don't forget to tell mike that let's go blues radio sent you
2: and now, back to Let's Go Blues
0: Radio, the longest running St. Louis Blues podcast with Price, Price Ponder, and Day. I thought uh, Did by Zero in the chat said something that was, uh, a, good, it was a good point. Uh, I just He says, I just hope Ron and Kapanen play well enough that that they can be traded for assets at the deadline. To me, that would be a big victory. Even if the team fails, it would accelerate a retool. Um, yeah, they're both on one-year contracts. Right. So if the team is not in a playoff spot, uh come the deadline and they and they're playing well and they could bring a pick each or something, um yeah, that'd be that those are two resources that could be moved. Uh so yeah, if they do play well, that's another reason for them to play well. If right. the team doesn't and do well as a whole, they can be moved.
2: Two resources that cost you nothing to acquire. Yeah. Right? And that, that would be absolutely huge.
0: Um, and then let's see, uh, did by zero also said, um, honestly, wouldn't want to though. I'd like what they'd bring. Oh, Matt Harris says, sorry, Matt Harris said, I, would I, he hadn't considered that either, but he said, honestly, I wouldn't want to though. I like what they bring. If we did, I'd need either a first or a top line dean exchange. Don't think you're going to get that unless they're, you know, like 30 goal guys or something. But, uh. I would, I would, I would say, you know, I would, I would say ecstatic with a second round pick ecstatic second, third round pick. Right.
2: So for those guys. Yeah. And, you know, it'll all come down to, you know, what kind of, you know, how the season plays out for other teams, you know, is it going to be a, you know, a crazy trade deadline or is it going to be, you know, like not like last year, but two years ago when, you know, it's just, it, you know, no, no use in even taking the day off to watch NHL Network all day. But right, yeah, that it it would be it would be pretty pretty great. Um, you know, if this team isn't going into the playoffs, to be able to get you know get something back to like like they said, uh, accelerate the the retool. Yeah, uh,
0: I mean, Skandol is another guy who this is his last year under this contract, so it's like. You know, if he's having a decent season, not in the playoffs, we can move him for a depth defenseman, a veteran guy. Maybe somebody want him. So there's a there's a few options here to be moved, I guess, the deadline. So uh, we'll see. Belay is also, he's only a million dollars. So one one more one more year on the contract. <clears throat> uh Armstrong um talked to the press today. Um and i i got some of these uh tidbits from Jeremy Rutherford from the athletic um he's, uh, Armstrong spoke a lot about players being more defensively responsible and not just defensemen but their forwards so on perunovic uh he said right now he's not in our group of 6 but he's on our team Get, which is ringing endorsement for a player right right uh, <laughs>
2: right a, a former second round pick right, right. he's me- he's somewhere He's somewhere in this team. This is not starting. Uh,
0: given the opportunity, he's an offensive player. He has to help on the def- offensive side of the puck, special teams, but also he has to be competent in his own end, and that's what we're looking for. But right now, we're just looking at him to get stable and get comfortable again in the group. It's been an up and down two years for him, and I think stability is important. If you were to take Prunovich's name off of that and just say we're looking for stability on the back end, you could be talking about any of the defensemen from based on last season you know they were so bad last season uh so and it's funny because you know was was Krug better defensively than uh Prunovic is is expected to be was Scandella was Pareko like who was better than Prunovic in his own zone
1: I'm I, mm,
0: yeah, Ro-
2: Rosen. <laughs> I don't know. Rosen, right. Rosen. The guy that we waved, yeah. the guy that we started the show talking about. So,
0: so it's like, you know, when, when, I mean, I don't know. Some of the stuff is just window dressing or whatever. It's just, yeah, I, okay. Anybody who's paying attention knows that, you know, a lot of the defense has this issue. But because Perunovic is a cheaper player, right, and he's he's not under a big contract, he's he's going to be the guy that gets set. He's going to be the guy that doesn't get ice time. It has, it has nothing to, I mean, it has a little to do, but it's not, he talks like it's all about his defensive responsibilities. And it's not. It's it's, it's a lot. Of, it's it's about the fact that Falk, Krug, Pareko, Letty, and Scandella all have bigger contracts. Um, and, and they're going to play over Prunovich, and yeah. Rosen. it's a, it's a contract structure situation. Same thing. That's why Rosen got waived. It's because Prunovich couldn't be waived because you have to he'd, he'd get taken. Right. And, and other players, you know, you, you couldn't wave them. Uh, so you, you Rosen was like the odd man out and it sucked because he was one of our better defensemen. Right. They, they couldn't, they couldn't not wave him because of just the way the contracts were set up. It has not really anything to do with the, their play on the ice, uh, Sometimes with this stuff,
2: yeah. I mean, depending on how this team's shaking out, though, I mean, go back to the last time Scott Pernovic was healthy, the playoff run against Colorado. Yeah, he dominated as an offensive defenseman, quarterback on the power play. Yep. I mean, I want to see that guy in the lineup, even if you have to, mm-hmm. you know, sacrifice some some on the back end you got to get him exposed to to the defensive game at some point right you can't you can't just be like well he's not ready yet you got to give him the opportunity to get out there and and play and learn how to defend with his stature right you can do so much in practice by getting game experience like i i i really want him to be in the lineup tomorrow night i don't expect him to be but I would love to see him there just to get this experience against yeah. an elite team. Look at look at Eric Carlson.
0: Uh, he won the Norris, and he didn't even kill penalties. He wasn't a good defensive defenseman, but he won the Norris Trophy. He's played. He was an offensive guy. Now, I'm not comparing. I'm not saying Prunovich is, is on the same tier as Carlson offensively. What I'm saying is that Carlson was a guy who was not good defensively but he played and he played a lot. And he, and he, offense was his game and that's what he did. And it worked for him. So, I mean, I understand wanting players to be defensively responsible. It's a, it's a pain in the ass they're not, but if at the other end of the ice, they're creating a lot of scoring chances and putting up points. I mean, that's a trade-off, right? So, I mean, I don't know. Um, Army, on, uh, Army spoke about keeping younger players who required waivers at the expense of veterans, meaning uh, Rosen and Walker. So when you're transitioning, he said, when you're transitioning into something different, you want it to be true. We have seen seven first-round picks since 2020, and we want to build around that core group. We tried to be honest with the players that aren't here right now that we have to take a look at these guys and see what they can do. When they get in, they're going to prove they're regular NHL players, and where they take it from there, that's up to them. I think there's some truth to that, but again, Rosen getting wave was uh, we just talked about was a byproduct of the current structure of contracts on defense, and and they obviously like Tucker over Rosen anyway, so uh, there was a thought process there. I, I think. And for some reason, they didn't want to buy out Scandella when they could have. So that still boggles my mind. It seems like he's such a prime candidate to buy out. He's a guy you really don't want on this team. His, you can't – and he's only making, what is it, 3.275, so they're paying two-thirds of that contract over the next two seasons. So what? They're paying $2, two million plus. It, it cost them a million-something in cap space this season to buy out Scandella and they have 1.4 million or something like that in cap space right now. So they could have done it, but
2: yeah, yeah, it's, it, like you said, it it boggles the mind. Um, you know, I I think buying somebody out is, is pretty difficult for, for an AGM because it's an admission of failure, uh, at one level. Um, but, Man, but it's yeah, such a it's, it's such
0: yeah. a they they they've got they've got Perunovich, they've got rosen they've got Tucker they got Bertuzzo they got these guys they want to plug in but they got a guy like Scandella who I who doesn't fit here i mean, he he can't stay healthy he's not maybe he has a bounce back season but he wasn't he hasn't been good and he's not making a ton of money it's going to cost him a lot of money to buy him out it, it it's he's like a prime buyout candidate i don't know um army on and thomas he said they had good camps they're entering the first year of eight-year contracts they've shown they can be offensive catalysts now they have to be great two-way players a lot of talk about defense it's which rightfully so uh, they have to be players who can help us win games uh, that's going to be the next challenge. It's something that we're going to have to be, ha- uh, to have patience with as they learn how to do that. But ultimately they're for those players to reach the goals that they have for themselves and that we have for them. They're going to have to find a way to do that. There's a lot of words that say nothing there in the past, the last two sentences. They didn't say anything. Um, yeah. And again, like I said before, the elephant in the room is the defense and defensive play of this team as a whole. And uh, Kyru and Thomas uh, Kyrie more than Thomas. But Kairou, that was, that was a big thing for him. We talked about it earlier. It was just, you know, that's that's a thing with him. He needs to be better um, in the neutral zone and own zone. So that'd be nice. Um, Army on Pareko. He said, I think Colton uh, being an offensive catalyst, uh, which you, you brought up before, Bill, about him. That That's not his name. Yeah. Right. So we talked about this a little bit. Yeah. Um, Let's see, did he say anything else we didn't talk about? He came in as a rookie, got some points and pucks were going to the net for him, and there was hope. Da, da, da. What we found out for now is for him to have a successful year and career, it's going to be more in that, you know, the J. Bum, Bumichu style, where he uses his skating, defends with a stick, kills, plays down low, makes the first pass, plays 20-plus hard minutes a night. Yeah, that's 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 what you want out of, it, out of him, but mm. we saw the writing on the wall for this a few years ago, though, with him. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Right, I, I think the year after, um, you know, after Petro left, right, everybody expected, oh, well, we've got Pareko; he can he can step in and fill that role, and mm-hmm. that that was a big letdown. Um, uh, you know, I I I think the we still thought the ceiling was high for him, and uh, we were wrong, right? And and that year became painfully obvious. So, um, you know, I I, I think if my my worry about Pareko's game The last two seasons has been um, Not so much his Ability on the ice It's you know what's what's between You know between the ears Right it being able to stay focused On and being able to um, You know think the game um, And I Last year I felt like he just got Drawn out of position way too frequently In the defensive Zone and You didn't play as big as he is. Do you, In, do you
0: know how many years he has left on his contract? Uh, seven. Yeah, it's seven years. <laughs> Remember when he signed it? Like, oh man, that could be a good deal, right? Or it could I be mean, a terrible deal. Well, I mean, any long-term right. deal like that with you know it could be bad, but it's like, but you know, he had multiple tools, and and uh, he was supposed to be the next best thing, yeah. and ooh
2: yeah and we really you know we 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 really had our uh, our blinders on to the downside uh we, we talked about that at the time right
0: why would there have been a downside
2: why how could we have seen a
0: downside with this guy i guess craig button did though uh, right. for he saw sure, it. He's for saw sure. He's for sure.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> my, uh, my, my famous internet moment of being yeah. laughed at by Craig Button. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, it, you know, that, that, uh, that was kind of eye opening though, right? He was, he was talking about, you know, uh, going into the last Olympics, you know, who's, who is on Canada's depth chart. And he had Kale McCarr so high after his rookie year. And it's like, Oh, uh, you know, us, w- what about Pareco, right? This guy hates Pareco. Yeah. And, and, uh, no, I, I think he understood his game.
0: Yeah, I guess. But, uh, but at the time, it's like, man, how do you, how do you see him and see him play and not think, wow, this guy's going to be really good? Cause he was when he came up and he was just, you know, he's a rookie in the league. It's like, holy shit. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, it just did not pan out that way. And again, and maybe, maybe he's been playing hurt. You know, he had that back injury that gave him problems. Uh, yeah. Bad back injury, uh, a lot worse than they let on. Doctor uh,
2: said he needed a brachiotomy.
0: <laughs> so, you know, and I can't imagine playing in the NHL is easy on that. And it probably takes a long time to properly heal when you're playing in the NHL. Um, I don't know. And maybe it's a bumpy situation, like I mentioned before, and we talked about a number of times in the show. Maybe it's a thing where over time it slowly gets better and he's able to play more effectively. We'll see. I don't know. But the, the back injury didn't seem to be a thing with how, the the plays he was screwing up. You know, just like more like yeah. a, a mental thing. Yeah, right. No,
2: I, I, I think the, I think the back injury was more of a thing two years ago, and I, I, I think last year it, it, it was, uh, you know, he playing, uh, healthier than he had, um, but you know, having to get the mental game right, and it didn't work out.
0: Uh, Army on if the Blues are a playoff team, this is what's kind of funny, because you. <laughs> Uh, so he says, if you break the league into thirds, I hope to be competitive with that middle third and I hope to be at the top of the top end of that middle third. That's our goal going in. I'd love to get third place. I see Dallas and Colorado at a different match, maturation maturation point in their organizations. They seem to be a half a letter to a full letter ahead, whatever that means,
2: uh, but grade scale. Great. Okay. Right. They're they're they're, they're A plus they're and A, right? We're, and we're, we're B, B minus. We're, we're, C plus. C minus. We're probably we're probably C plus Well, well it depends F's. who you
0: talk to. You talk to Dom, or, it's we're D minus.
2: Oh uh, we're F's. We're, yeah. Yeah.
0: He's an F. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a big F. Um so that's our goal going in. I'd love to get third place. I see Dallas and Colorado at a different metration point in their organizations. They seem to be oh, I just said that. Uh, but, You're look, yourself. but then I look at Minnesota, Nashville, Winnipeg, and we're going and what we're going through. So I think third might be an easier thing to get than one of the two wildcard spots. So I think we should be competitive, but again, it doesn't really matter what I think or anyone thinks it's what we're going to do. That is not stoke a lot of confidence right (laughs) and i mean if he's like well and usually you know a team front office will talk up your team if talking up your team is hoping to be in third place oh yeah i mean i get it it's fair but it's still it's just kind of funny to hear your gm say that
2: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it it, to his credit, he's trying to be a realist, right? He's where is this team, right? I appreciate that too. We are not the elite of the Western Conference. We are not going to challenge for the top, Um, you know, based on last year, the previous couple years' performance. We're not going to challenge for a top spot in the division, right? That that would be a shock to everybody, and. You know, I, I think he is he's pushing for our best case scenario, which would be third place. I think we have a long way to go to overcome Minnesota. Um,
0: yeah.
2: you know, I I I I think that's gonna be a very uh you know, the tough road to hoe. Um and I I think a second wild card is, uh, you know, if if we're giving our predictions of where, where we're going to finish, I think we're second wild card or on the outside looking in just like last year.
0: I think, I think um, without getting into prediction mode here uh, just off top of my head, I, I, if we're not going to be a great team, a good team, I would at least like to finish ahead of Chicago and Nashville. I, I would not want to look up at those guys. Um, now, granted, if we're talking with we're the bottom of the standings, you know, and it's like, okay, what well, you would you rather be fourth worst or worst. Well, right. I'll take, I'll take worst. You know, if it's between us Nashville and Chicago or whatever.
2: Um, right. But when you, when you're going to be bad, you want to be bad. You yeah. want to be mediocre or bad.
0: Right. You don't want right. to be just missing out on the playoffs,
2: right. I guess. So. Right. Year after year. Right. Right.
0: Um, So if the Blues do struggle to put up points and the team is underperforming compared to expectations, um, will Bruby's job be in jeopardy? How long does the team go with him as coach? Do you see him being axed at some point if the team is uh, not any better than last season?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I I totally think so. Um, You know, at this point... Um, i I think the i I would not be surprised to see a repeat of uh, what happened in uh, 2018 uh, with yo being let go right after Thanksgiving right if if this team underperforms um or performs as they did last year yeah. um to to that point in the season I think you've got to make a change at, at head coach right Bruby Bruby did. The one thing no other coach has ever been able to do here, and we love him for that. But he, if if he can't get this team playing uh, competitive hockey by Thanksgiving, I think you got to bring in somebody else. Whether we just promote Steve Ott or you know just scuttle the season and go a different direction, uh, you got to do it. I but think I, I I think the love the love affair is is uh, the honeymoon's over.
0: I mean, coaches are, they always say coaches are hard to be fired, right? The, the coaching 10 years in the NHL, not typically that long, even for coaches that have good years and they, you know, a few bad years and you're done. Uh, I think a lot of it, I, th- I think what might let Bruby hang on longer than most people may think is that based on Armstrong's expectations for the season are not very high. So maybe if the team is struggling and maybe in his mind, you know, their struggles are his expectations. So maybe that would allow Bruby to hang on to his job a little longer. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, now, granted, obviously, if, if Armstrong thinks that this team should be way better than it's playing on the ice, then, yeah, I, I I agree. But I guess it depends on what Armstrong's expectations are for this team. And he said middle third, the top end of the middle third, third in the division, Hopefully, so I guess we have to see, you know, if where we are in Thanksgiving in the standings, and if that's about where he thought we should be, or if it's lower, or you know, whatever. I, I think Armstrong's lower expectations may factor in quite a bit.
2: And that's 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 a decent point. Not I, I not just,
0: saying that I, I I you know think he's gonna I don't think he's gonna fire fired I you know it, obviously there's different levels of sucking for this team <laughs> so right. but you know if they're bad they're bad and he's gonna he's gonna be gone but uh, yeah so it just depends on how bad right
2: yeah and you know it, it, it I think that's that's it right if if this team you know uh, getting to uh, again I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves but if we're playing to um, eh, you know, the really lowest expectations, um, and, uh, you know, coming up last in the central, um, by Thanksgiving, definitely got to make a change.
0: I I think so too. Um, and I love Ruby too, but you know, yeah, it's coaches come and go. It happens. That's what you do.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so where are we at here? Okay. Oh, what about Armstrong? You think Armstrong's job will be in jeopardy? Um, if we're last in the Central, and on Thanksgiving,
2: yeah, it, uh, GM change midseason. I don't, I don't see that happening. Um, you know, I just, you know, that this Tom Stillman has so much faith in Doug Armstrong, right? he'll probably want Doug Armstrong to name Doug Armstrong's replacement, <laughs> and yeah. you know, and that's you know, we haven't heard anything about a succession plan there. No. Right, I, I And I think it's good for them to stay away from succession plans after the Ken Hitchcock, Mike, yo disaster Yeah, uh, that we still can't figure out to this day. It was dumb um, at the time. It was
0: dumb at the time. We said it then,
2: but yeah, you know, I, I, I think that um, if this team does underperform that this off season has to be, you, you have to, whether it's Armstrong saying, look, I'm, I'm not the guy for this anymore. Um, Or you know, (laughs) just finally, you know, uh, Stillman says, "Look, we need a change." Um, You know, uh, and as long as he doesn't appoint Brett Hull, um, that worked out so poorly in Dallas. Um, You know, bring in bring in a a younger hockey mind. Um, Thank Doug for his uh, for everything he did for the team, and uh, you know, make him a senior advisor and. You know, let him go live in Florida or wherever he wants yeah. to
0: live. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think Armstrong's gonna gonna be go anywhere in the near future until he decides he wants to go. Um, I agree with you. With it seems that there's complete faith and trust in Armstrong, um, and there's a lot of arguments for that. I mean, he's he he has been on an amazing run here, um, and this is a pothole right with this franchise right now. So, um, I mean, up until last season, he had, I don't know what it was. Most points in the West or something like that. Uh, since he took over or whatever it was, mm-hmm. um, second, second or third in the NHL in points, um, and a cup. So, I mean, he's, he wins. Hey, he, he's been, he's done nothing but win here. So I think, you know, fair's fair. You know, it's, it's a, it's a, you're, you're, you 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 can not win forever. So right. this is a, this is a down era. So we're going to try and see if we can get out of this uh, quicker rather than later.
2: Yeah. And then, you know, I think that's, that's the thing, right? He set the narrative. This is a retool, not a rebuild. Right. But if it becomes obvious that it we need a rebuild and, you know, the retool isn't going to, going to cut it, then I don't think you trust him to be that guy to do the rebuild. Maybe, uh,
0: maybe. I mean, it depends. I mean, obviously love conversations and meetings on, on uh, everyone's, goal and and vision for the team in the future and what they want to do. So uh, that's kind of, a. I imagine that's probably across that bridge when, when you, when you come to a situation. Um, But yeah, and I I can maybe also see him not wanting to stick around for a five year rebuild either. So, and that's the thing with this team in this city, um, the size of the market of St. Louis, even though it's a pretty good hockey town, right? Really good hockey town. Um, Fans love their hockey here. Um, when's the last time we did a complete rebuild? It was
2: almost 20 right. years ago. No, it, it was the Eric Johnson. It was, yeah, it yeah. was the pronger trade, right? Yeah. And the pronger trade tank for the number one overall pick and get it wrong. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, it doesn't happen. We haven't had that in a while. And, and, and this, we, we, this city doesn't really do rebuilds. The Cardinals don't do that. The Blues um, haven't really
2: done it. The Cardinals should, but they won't.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're well. I, baseball is a different animal. You can you can buy a championship in baseball pretty easy. There's not. I mean, there's a luxury cap or whatever it is. You know, if you spend over a right. certain amount, and you got to put money back in or whatever. So whatever, it's, it's different. But uh, if if the if the DeWitts if they wanted to, you know, buy a championship next season, they could go out and buy a few pitchers in the offseason and do it. Right. So, um, or close to it anyway. Okay. So Dom Lucius, I, you know, whenever I type his name out, Dom Lucius, it's like, I think he's fucking with us with his last name. (laughs) It's L-U-S-Z-C-Z-Y-S-Z-Y-N. It's like, how many Z's and Y's can you throw in your last name? Oh, let's see. I'll do it. It's like, are you fucking with us? How do you, Luciusian. Oh. anyway so he had he posted his uh model two different projections in the athletic uh his his model the uh, probability is based on 50,000 simulations uh based on his model uh and he's got the blues at and then he doesn't number them why don't you number them i think i count backwards the blues are one two three four five six seven eight nine so what they're 22nd is that right 22nd overall? Yep. Uh with a uh, projected to have 81 points and their playoff probability is 10%. And uh, division final making the division is a one is 2%. <laughs> and there's nothing for the conference final. Basically no chance to make the conference final. So he's got uh, the Devils at number 1. Then Edmonton, Carolina, Colorado, Toronto. Uh as far as divisional central division teams go, he's got Dallas at seven with 104 points, and then he's got Winnipeg finishing second on his model, does 95 points, and then Minnesota 95 points, and then Nashville 88, and the Blues 81, and then Arizona 79, and Chicago 73. Last overall is San Jose, good old Sharks. They're gonna get that number one overall pick, goddammit, if it kills them.
2: <laughs> it depends on you know, what if uh you know it's gonna be a number one defenseman and that's what Chicago
0: needs. Yeah. Well what they the they were saying in the chat that the it's supposed to be a defensive heavy uh yeah uh pool draft from this season. The Sharks are listed at zero percent chance of making the playoffs. Yeah, how depressing I mean, is that? A zero percent chance,
2: right? We we probably you know we we may have to um, do some co-branded shows with uh, Teal Town this yeah. year to make ourselves feel better. We'll just get some uh, beer to cry in. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, do some uh, pity parties with them if <laughs> uh, the season doesn't go so well for us. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, they lost everybody though, right? They they traded Timo Meyer. That basically at this point they've got uh, Thomas Hurdle and um uh the you know the corpse of uh, Mark Edward Vlasic on defense and that's Logan Couture, right? Um but yeah they a couple of years from now, you know, they if Mike Greer um you know gets uh gets his uh, fingerprints on this team and, and molds them um, the way they believe he can that uh, they'll be good, but it's, it's going to be a down couple of years. So, yeah.
0: Um, Let's see. Oh, Vanessa Graff uh, posted in the chat. Do you guys think we will see a trade before Thanksgiving? No, it's nah. pretty early. I don't think so. How many trades you see made before Thanksgiving?
2: Yeah. I uh-huh. mean, it, right. You're more likely to see waiver wire stuff, yeah. Um. you know, going to that point. Um. Yeah. It, it's, I would be shocked if, yeah. if there's any, you know, any significant trade, right. you know, any, any, anything more than a fourth liner in any NHL team getting moved before Thanksgiving
0: and div by zero says, um, Maybe a minor one, but this team has what three hundred thousand in cap space? Yeah, Cap Cap Friendly has them at just under three hundred thousand. It's two eighty two. But uh I had I had read somewhere that they had one point four, actually. So I'm not sure what the where that came from. So according to Cap Friendly, it's uh two hundred and eighty two thousand cap space. Or two hundred eighty one I guess. Projected cap space. So we'll see. Uh, Lucision, <laughs> uh, also posted in the athletic his unhinged predictions. These are his own. So I guess he doesn't, he doesn't like his own model. I guess I don't know because he's got vastly different projections here. He's got, I mean, he had his model has New Jersey as the top team at 107 points but he's got Carolina at 117 and the Rangers at 113 and then Colorado at 109. I'm uh, sorry, Dallas. I'm uh, sorry. LA at 111, then Colorado, 109 Dallas, 108, and then New Jersey at 107. So he's got, and he's got the blues in the central finishing dead last with 70 points, which would make us uh, the third, third from the bottom. To end the season one point behind Chicago. That would, Well, I guess if you're going to man Chicago, make it be for last overall at one point, I guess. I don't know. But that uh, 70 points seems low. I I mean, I I think if if the Blues get 70 points, I think things probably go about as bad as they can possibly go. I think the defense is the same as last season. I think Kyrou... Uh, and the, and the forwards are not defensively responsible. I think there's injury problems. Um, I, I think the goaltending isn't up to par. I, there's a lot that has to go wrong for this team to get 70 points. I, I, I think they're probably an upper eighties point team. Maybe, um maybe optimistic, maybe 90 optimistic, but then that's, but uh which would have them, eh, that would have them fourth in the division at 90 points. According well, according to Dallas' model, uh, not his model, his uh, his unhinged rankings. So yeah, he's got Boston winning the Atlantic at one hundred six points, Carolina one seventeen winning the Metro, Kings in the Pacific at one eleven, and the Avalanche at one hundred nine. So in the Central, he's got Colorado, Dallas, Minnesota, Winnipeg, Arizona, Nashville, Chicago, St. Louis. Huh.
2: God.
0: I I mean, it'd be a long year. We finished last in the central behind Chicago and Nashville. Holy shit.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it would be, it would be, you know, like the 2006 season, right? The, uh, 2006, 2007 season with, uh, You know, when you were hoping to see Dean McCammond on the second line, we're not going to be that bad. You know, that there's things would have to go very, very bad with, you know, uh, multiple injuries and, you know, uh, just, yeah, it's, we, we will not be that bad. Uh,
0: He's got the Sharks at 51 points. 51.
2: Mm. That's, that's historically bad. Right. But that do you in Seattle at 80, do you think they're going to regress that bad? No. Do I think I do? I think they played a little above their weight class last year. Yeah. Do I think they're going to regress that, that much? No. Right. <laughs> and the other thing, you know, all the love with Dallas, right. They imploded against Vegas last year. And this is the second year for Pete DeBoer, which is notoriously a bad season for any Pete DeBoer coach team. So, <laughs> you know, that I, I yeah, I, I, uh, I, I think that they're, it, yeah, that, that, that it's, it's funny, right? That the, the, the rankings are funny, right? So, do you know what the
0: record is for the lowest point total of a team?
2: Uh, fuck. It was I want to say it was in the '40s and it was the Senators.
0: Well, nope. It was in the '70s and it was the Capitals.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. '74, 74, right? '74, 74, '75. Yep. yep. Yep.
0: Yep. Twenty-one points. Oh my god. <laughs> eight wins, eight wins, sixty-seven losses and five ties. Oh, that is they had a goals per game of two point two six and a goals against a five point five eight. Ooh. They were getting scored
2: over two to one, hmm. two and a half to one. Hmm. Uh, that's, that's almost the, you almost have to consider that not modern era at this point. Yeah. Right?
0: Well, I, you know, I hear 74. That was the year I was born, Bill. It was 74. <laughs> like I said, that's, not modern. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I was born, uh, a couple weeks before that season started. Probably. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, and then the worst record by a Blues team was, I guess, that wasn't that the '06 or season.
2: No, I, I bet it was one of those early oh, '70s wow. team. '78, '79,
0: 48 points.
2: Yeah, that that was the uh, the year before uh, yeah. Sutter and Lee came up. Yeah, and Thurerko.
0: Oof, that's rough. <laughs> so yeah, and the Blackhawks. Oh, so if Seattle does get 51 points, that'd be the they would tie the Minnesota North stars for the 57th worst record of all time.
2: Yeah. and you mean San Jose and San Jose technically is kind of the Minnesota North stars.
0: San Jose is the Minnesota North stars.
2: The, uh, the guns, right. They sold the stars and got their new franchise in San Jose. Gordon gun. I think, isn't that, isn't that how the story goes? He um, sold the stars, yeah, he Gordon got known the Minnesota north stars, and, oh 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 and exited that and allowed them to move to Dallas, and then was given a franchise in San Jose. oh, I think that's how it went i I was not familiar with that if I recall um yeah, I have to I have to go back and uh reread um jeff Merrick's um crazy hockey history.
0: So, uh, pick an MVP for the season, Bill. Who's your MVP for the St. Louis Blues this season? Good or Robert, bad?
2: Robert Thomas.
0: Robert Thomas. That's a good one.
2: That's a good one.
0: I'm gonna go. Well, I can't go the same as you. I'll. I'll... It's gonna be Thomas. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs>
2: Shouldn't let me go first.
0: Yeah. Um. I'll. I'll take Kyru then. That's fine. Uh, no, Bushnevich. I'll take Bushnevich. Yeah. Yeah,
2: good choice. Steve's yeah. always a good choice.
0: Yeah, Steve. <laughs> um All right. So, next up for the Blues, we got Thursday night at the uh Dallas Stars. Do we do you want to do predictions for the Blues? Do we say what would you say for the Blues um, this season so in the division?
2: I I think I think that they are going to finish at uh 89 points and just outside of the second wild card.
0: Okay, what did I say? Eighty-eight earlier. Yeah, I think I said that. I'll stick with that. Yeah, eighteen points higher than Dom predicted. That's what I'm going with. Fuck you, Dom.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we win of of his crazy of his crazy, <laughs> of his, of crazy his, his unhinged prediction. Yes,
0: and of his other one, it's seven points better than the model. As long as they finish better than Dom's model, that's going to be a win, right? Right,
2: right. Uh, like when we won the Stanley Cup.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That was a big-time win. Um, so next up for the Blues, to uh, Thursday night. So if you're listening to the podcast uh, right now, which would be on Thursday probably, uh, the Blues play tonight. Um, the Blues were winless in, versus Dallas in three games last season. And the Blues uh, actually finished this preseason at 4-2-2. Two and two. So if you put any stock in preseason results, which you should not, uh, the Blues are playing well. Um. And that's and a great test right out of the shoot. And you know what? Fine. Give me a good team right off the bat before maybe they're ready to hit the ground running. Maybe the blues are just a little bit right, more ready to go for the season than Dallas is, and they can steal a win. That'd be nice. Uh, rapid fire tidbits from around the NHL. The NHL has a don't say gay policy. Mm.
2: Pretty much. Wow. Well. I, I mean, should we be surprised when you've got uh, Bill Foley as one of the board of governors? And he lives in a van down by the river. That was Matt Foley. Oh, who I think is more related to Matt Harris than Bill Foley. Um, but he, you know, he named the the Golden Knights, right, is they wanted to be, you know, part of the the military. And then um, who's Bill Zito, right? I think he was another guy that was that had ties to the army. Not surprised. Um, And it's, you know, kudos to, uh, you know, Brian Burke for, you know, uh, telling it like it is and talking about how the NHL sucks. And uh, also Matt Matt Harris pointed out Scott Lawton um had uh, had great had a great quote. Do you
0: have it? Uh, I have it here, I can uh, read
2: it. Yeah. The the I'll use the tape. If I have to buy it myself, I will go about it that way. Right? That's yep. That's and he where says, it I, that
0: night. He says, "I don't know if I, I don't know. I didn't read really what it said. If it's a ban or something, but I'll probably have it on. <laughs> we'll see what they say, but it's not going to affect the way I go about it. If they want to say something, they can. So good for him. And I think a lot of players feel this way.
2: Yeah, Um and, yeah. And it'll be interesting to see what Tortorella does.
0: <laughs> oh
2: God, if if he's still employed. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, first coach to be fired, Tortorella. It's always Tortorella. Yeah. Um, so, okay. And I, 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 this just seems like something the NHL didn't have to do. You know, I don't, I don't understand this because before the jerseys were more or less assumed to be mandatory. Everyone wears them during warmups. And then you had some players come out and say it was against their, whatever the bullshit reason they wanted to give. So, that caused a lot of uh unnecessary uh, a, a negative pr for the league it was just all the teams all the media talked about during anyone's pride night was who wasn't wearing the jersey so it, it and I, it became a distraction and it wasn't the league's fault that it became a distraction it was the necessarily it was the these players fault and, and and it was the league letting these players basically dictate the narrative of, of what they of what this was supposed to be about so but they did, so that was a that was a required thing that they didn't want to do, and the league said okay, and then it was a thing. Now this the, the pride tape that the league has said they're banning pride tape. The players can't use pride. Tape. This was never something that anybody was forced to use. Nobody was ever forced to use pride tape. They had it available. If players want to use; it. they could put it on their sticks. It was a voluntary thing, completely voluntary. And now the NHL is saying no, you can't. They're banning the pride tape. No one can can wear it or use it. And I'm just like, why? Why would you do why would you I thought they were all about letting players do what they wanted to do. They did last season. Oh, you don't want to wear the jersey? Okay. That's fine. You don't have to. Well, you do you. But if a player wants to wear wants to put the pride tape on their stick, they're kind of trying to cut that off of the past and say, No, 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 no. You can't do that. You can't be your own person in that direction. You can only be your own person if you're refusing to do something, which I thought was interesting. Um, Wyshynski said the same thing. He said, seeing a lot of NHL players saying they're going to break the ranks and use pride tape despite the ban. Luckily, the NHL has shown that it values the personal beliefs of individual players more than any sort of team mandated rule regarding theme nights. So they should be fine, (laughs) Uh, which I thought was great. Um. So and yeah, Scott Lawton, uh, one of the players. I'm sure there'll be plenty more wearing the. uh, One team apparently contacted the company that makes Pride tape and bought cases of it after this announcement. So they're planning on using it, probably. Apparently, um, which would be great. Um, you know, the NHL will say that they fully support hockey is for everyone, right? But they really have a funny way of of showing it and, yeah. and that initiative is is almost a joke now that, that right. the hockey is for everyone initiative is a joke it's well, how can you take it serious anymore
2: it, is it even a thing anymore because i i thought that uh i thought uh who is it um uh somebody one of the athletic um uh local uh, reporters said that she reached out about Carolina and whether they have a hockey is for everyone um, liaison. Um, and they said, that's not a thing anymore. So hmm. is, is the whole program going to go under, <sighs> you
0: know, who knows what the NHL, whatever the NHL does, they're going to do it wrong <laughs> regarding this. Uh, they, teams, most teams handle this just fine. They had great pride nights. Hockey is for everyone nights. They had, it was great. Um, and then uh, there's a number of years ago, the Blues fucked themselves. They, 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 they tripped all over themselves with this stupid uh They announced it and they took it away and they said they never announced it. And then they were lying about it. I'm like what is going on? Um, so it's just a broken record with the, the league is just looks so bad yeah uh, and and if there's not enough stuff that they, they already look bad over you know with the kyle beach thing and the 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 team canada the junior team um which is still under investigation and stuff um i don't know man i i i i this just seems like something, something they did not have to do
2: right it's, it's, it's a huge it's, overreach yeah and bringing bringing attention where you didn't need it right it's just, they they created this and they have
0: all this negative press now and this negative tension. When when you know, okay, so we talked about the the no more pride jerseys, no more theme jerseys on the players and warmups, right? So it's just you know they're not doing that anymore. Um, so they said it was too much of a distraction, which I'll agree with them there. It became a huge distraction, and it was just got stupid. But but that's the NHL's own doing. Right, because they didn't they didn't handle this properly from the start. Um, So I don't know. They just they they just it's embarrassing. And I love the sport, but I hate the league. I it's and a lot of people feel this way. Mm -hmm. And it's just I don't know why you would do this and do this massive clarification of the rule. Maybe they heard that some teams were like buying these cases of uh, pride tape. Oh no, we can't have anybody on the ice promoting the theme night that we said, you can't no jerseys for it's fucking tape. And in the NHL fucking rule book in the rule book, it specifically says players can use any color tape on their stick, any color. And you never see anything besides black and white during a game, but any color pink, green rainbow. That's what this the rule book says. So at the very least you think they just changed the rulebook to to so we, we could back themselves up
2: must be black or white right that, that that's I mean, what you'd expect the rulebook to reflect at this point
0: sure i mean that and, and if, if that's the way they want to go then you know what and i said this on twitter if they're going to do this let's do it right no music in between stoppages no uh nothing no uh, ads on the boards, no ads on the glass, ice, anything. We're just talking about the game, just the game. We can't have any distractions. Nothing on, you know, the, the, the league that says they don't want distractions, they've got ads everywhere, right? On the jerseys, on the helmets, on the glass, on digitally, you know, on the ice, um, everywhere. Yeah, but no distractions with, with the with the theme jersey during, during pregame skates or warm-up skates. And it's like, if you're going to do it, do it all the way. Take away all the distractions in the arena during the game because it's just about the players on the ice. That's what they said. So take away everything. No in-game entertainment. Nothing between between periods. No mini-mite game. No whatever little go-karts running around the ice. Nothing. Just the game. No distractions.
2: Right? Why not do that? Do that. Do it all or don't do anything. Let's go back to 1984. No ads on the boards. Right. Smoky, right. it's all smoky inside smoky, the arena. Yeah. One Zamboni that breaks down every <laughs> yeah. 5 games. Yep. Sorry, there's going to be a delay. We we had to go back to Afton <laughs> to get the other Zamboni and get get it over here to clean the ice. They got
0: ads on the Zambonis. They got ads mm-hmm. everywhere, and that's that's not a distraction? They, they got fucking moving digital ads on the boards that race around while the players are skating.
2: That's not yeah. a distraction to the viewers of the game? Yeah, no, that like, <sighs> there was some speculation uh, in the preseason that they were thinking about retiring that or until they could get it right. But now that there is no way they're walking away from money. That's, that's what, and that's, that's, that's the part that I don't get. Like did, did one of the major sponsors say we're going to pull our money. If you don't have, you know, if you don't institute this policy, I, that's, you know, it wouldn't surprise me because everything that this, this league does has to be about money. And it just it makes no sense to me.
0: Matt Harris says, I can't believe NHL sits so hard on its own balls. <laughs> it's like they don't want to grow their sport, right? I mean, yeah, it's frustrating because you love hockey, right? And you just and you you just love why you just, but then all this this now there's just this bullshit, you know, because the league screwed up and they didn't handle it properly from the start. When these players were, you know, oh, it's against my religion. Oh, it's my personal beliefs.
2: No, huh? I don't get sent to the gulag back in Russia. Yeah, I mean, I just I don't know.
0: I they're they're tripping all over themselves, and it's just it's weird and stupid and embarrassing and and like we said, it's just like the the, the theme jersey thing was a thing, but it had died down a little bit because the season was starting, right? Um, but now it's like flared up again with the stupid pride tape they had to clarify the rule no you didn't no you didn't let players wear who cares it's a voluntary thing nobody's even made to do it uh oh oh yeah goalie helmets just white right Mm -hmm. goalie pads Mm -hmm. just brown no 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 character no themed helmets no theme paint jobs on the helmets because that's a distraction. That's not part of the game. That's not that's not the game on the ice. That's that's a distraction.
2: You're not going to do that to me before Jerenko gets an NHL game under <laughs> his with those beautiful pads. <laughs> I'll burn this bitch down. <laughs> it's true
0: though. It's true though. If you're gonna if you're gonna do this, go all the way. Be consistent, right? Anyway. I'm sure we'll talk about this more at some point because it'll come up again. Something else will happen. Uh, also, the NHL uh, seems to have a Connor Bedard problem. Uh, they're featuring so much and talking about him so much and drooling over him so much over the littlest of things when he hasn't even really done a whole lot yet. Uh, the fans are starting to hate him by default. If people on social media just like, what's going on why are they constantly showing him constantly talking about him he was on the ice for 37 seconds had the puck on his stick for eight seconds during the last shift okay wow <laughs> thanks um some some snippets from fans uh you think this kid has already won the stanley cup kind of this kind of that shut the fuck up uh Canada uh, we will say CA maybe Connor Bedard make one goal before we have to make a game all about him another one is this might be an unpopular opinion but I really need people to stop talking about Connor Bedard we get it another one is yeah but we're 40 minutes into the new season and I'm already sick of hearing about Connor Bedard another one only one day into the initial season and I'm already sick of hearing about Connor Bedard on and on and on yeah. with you I get it they they on a the night like 3 or 4 nights ago before this, this season started the blues and Blackhawks played, and Bedard didn't play in the, the final game. And the very f- first image on the slide on the NHL app was kind of Bedard and how good he was. <laughs> he didn't even play that night in that game. Um, and he was named the NHL's top fifty players right now yeah, and during I mean, the preseason. It's... The NHL said this. He hadn't even scored a goal in the preseason yet, and they called him one of the top fifty players in the NHL. I'm like, what is going on? I mean, I get the kid. It might be the kid might be one of the greatest ever. And I'm looking forward to seeing him play. I'm really, honestly am. But holy
2: hell, I'm sick of it. Right. Did you see the game last night in Pittsburgh? Yep. Yeah. So he he got an assist. But, you know, I, I think that goal was, was all Ryan Donato Mm-hmm. Right, great hands in front of the net, um, you know, it, and then he was out of position trying to force a rush when Crosby scored, right? So it, he looked like he had a rough game, and I, I didn't think that the Blackhawks won because Connor Bedard, right? <laughs> he, you know that that was, you know, it, it was more about you know Pittsburgh really really sucking last night, um, but. Yeah, I, I was, I was, yeah, I, I had the game on for a while, and you know, I was expecting to see a guy controlling the game, and I didn't see it. I right. did not watch tonight in Boston. I, I did. did, I did catch the All highlight. It, yeah, I caught the highlight of his goal, right? And it's to me, you know, it, it it's yeah, congratulations, you got your first goal and in, in your second Ooh. game, but your team lost tonight, <laughs> so All right, you right, know. I, yeah, the the hype is the hype is a little too much, right? You you can't make an entire city excited about what's going to be a shit season. Just I stop stop trying already.
0: Somebody else scored uh, last night for Chicago, and they immediately cut to Bedard on the bench <laughs> to see his reaction to the goal. <laughs>
2: he is a superstar celebrator. You know, look and I, at those
0: Sellys. I get, he's got immense talent and everyone's excited about him, but it's, it's like, the, it's like the Taylor Swift thing in the, in the NFL, you know, but they're just constantly showing her right? and just they're just, shut up everyone's about getting it pissed off. It's like, I, we get, it. I mean, I, I'm not, I like Taylor Swift. She's fine, but you know, I, I don't care to see her every 30 seconds on the TV. I don't. Okay. Yes. She's cheering. I get it. She's there. I understand again really we're doing this again every every 30 seconds so um yeah i mean maybe i hope it will die down right i mean and but chicago's i don't i didn't look at the schedule for chicago are they on national tv a lot probably two games uh, two, two, for, nights. two for two right All Right. so which is not surprising but <laughs> um and i you know i honestly at this point i'm rooting for the kid to fail just to make the NHL and the coverage of him that which is so over the top, absurd right now, uh, to look stupid.
2: <laughs> yep, um, NHL.com top headline: Bedard scores first NHL goal and in second game for Blackhawks. Um, related: Bedard scores first NHL goal and Blackhawks lost to Bruins. Related, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah I mean,
2: okay. Oh. So, you know, one of one of the the buried leads on that is that this was one of the first games that you could watch on Max. I'm I'm excited about that. On I Max. hope we get Max, the um the HBO uh streaming service. Right. So it was available on TNT and Max. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So I am hoping that we get to the point this year with things being on Max that we will get, um, you know, less, less uh, or, you know, maybe, you know, segments of the game that are just on ice players talking. Right. That's what we've been wanting for years since since the NHL has been producing these things. Um, you know, the the road to the cups and, you know, the road to the winter classics. Uh, uh-huh. You you want that. You want to hear, you know, the salty language in the locker room and on the ice. Give us that. If, if you're going to show things on Max, give us that.
0: Uh, October 24th. Is the what's it called? Yes, uh, uh, the Plus? frozen, frozen something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whether basically, it's like the NFL red zone. But all for thirty-two
2: hockey. teams in play.
0: All yeah. F- yeah, all day. Like they're I'm not sure. It's during the week. It's a Wednesday
2: or Tuesday. Something like that. It's yeah. during
0: the week, which is weird. And I think they start it later in the day, don't they? Um, there's like a fifteen-minute, I think, or five-minute <clears throat> delay in start times or something. Anyway. But they're always going to have, they're going to cut to, I guess they're going to cut to teams on the power play, when they're power play, or, I'm not sure how they're going to do it, but Red Zone jumps around. A team is in the Red Zone, they feature them, and they have, like, multiple things going on at once. Uh, so that'd be kind of, I'm looking forward to it. It'd be kind of cool. Uh, it's for ESPN Plus subscribers, I believe, right? Uh, or is It only as uh, it should be on it's, plus. It's,
2: it's yeah, so it's it's actually so it's the twenty-fourth, it's a Tuesday yes. night.
0: Okay. But it all teams are in action, but it starts at what time? Does it say? Six
2: six PM is the first game. It's Leafs Leafs and Capitals.
0: What and okay then, so yeah. okay, I I have an issue with this already. And I love the fact that doing this. I love that it's all the game all the games in one day. But why not start it at noon? You know, and then mm-hmm. have hockey all day long. Right. You can watch more of each game. Uh, I, yeah. Uh,
2: and for us, so Blues versus Jets, puck drop, 8.45 p.m. Our time? Ooh. um does this oh it's all eastern so 7 45 our time okay. so right, only that's, that's only awesome. 45 minutes later than we would play everywhere except when we play in chicago and they started well chicago and dallas i guess start at 7 30 but
0: yeah i mean i'm not i i'm never a complainer about late start games really i i i'm usually up later you anyhow. don't sleep no <laughs> i don't get a lot of sleep and i'm usually up later anyway um i really enjoy the late games when they're on i'll put them on like i'm there and keep watching that program um yeah i like games on the west coast it's always fun to to sit down or whatever the, after the kids are in bed i kind of come down here i'm like oh, what's on ah okay good uh la is playing in the first period or san jose is in the first period good i can watch this game while i do something else it's a good time mm. i like it but i understand why people don't like it because those of people who let have you up at five in the morning or something for work it's like oh that's rough yeah. All right. Uh, Blues in Dallas tomorrow night. Season opens. Um, I I, you know, I kind of like the fact that... Uh, I mean, okay. I, I'd much rather the expectations for Steam team be really high. But there's something to be said for not having a lot of expectations. So anything that they do that's positive is like, hey... That's exciting and unexpected. And uh you know, the underdog against the better teams, that's always fun. I don't know. It'll be a different uh a little bit different. This is the first time in a while that we've gone in with these kinds of expectations. So,
2: yeah. It's it it, it it's the, you know, what was that uh oh uh... What was the the show that did the lowered expectations? <laughs> the the dating service. Yeah, that's right. that's that's us this year.
0: I think people should hope to get in the playoffs. That's that's the goal. That's, the, that's the goal. Get in and by any means necessary, get in the playoffs. If you can't get in the playoffs, then it'd be kind of fun to battle for last overall. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, it, I mean, if you can get excited, I mean, like a few years ago, was it five years ago, whatever it was, when they missed on uh, the last day of the season, getting in against mm. Colorado, yeah, that was that was exciting. It sucked at the end, but it was exciting.
2: Yeah, so. that's that that was that was painful. The worst part about that for me, and this is very personal, is that I had to listen to it on the radio, and uh, it was it may have been Kelly Chase's last game. Uh, in the broadcast booth but huh. it was so much complaining about the refs which is why i used to hate listening to it on yeah, the radio
0: yeah that happens <laughs> it's like it's like uh it's like listening to uh, uh guys at a bar you know watching a game just complaining about everything sometimes
2: yeah yeah that's uh i think at that point um and yeah, that that was uh, at least chase saw it too the writing was on the wall right if all you're gonna do is complain about officiating all the time and yeah, it's time to do something else yeah
0: man my uh my connection here is going bonkers that's kind of weird oh my roker just reset by itself that was weird hmm, hmm
2: congratulations
0: I was like what is going on the game is like choppy and all of a sudden the Roku slows down and okay it's it's oh, it's uh, rebooting alright well I think the Avalanche were up on the Kings 4-2 before it before
2: it, it. started it's still there alright but but Nathan McKinnon's about to score an otherworldly goal oh wait no didn't happen. <laughs> mm. so
0: root for root for a playoff spot and uh, root to beat uh, Dom LeCision's predictions
2: yes especially his unhinged 71 points yeah that
0: shouldn't be hard to do yeah
2: yeah yeah although 70 70 70 points oh that's right the the hawks beat us by a point the hawks had 71 yeah the uh yeah somebody um uh, low def blues on Twitter uh, clipped the uh, uh Armstrong quote about this team shouldn't be a last place team. And uh, did the uh, old art lipo six, four, four blue. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like when your standard is just don't be a last place team. Oof. So yeah. Rough. yeah. Maybe aim a little higher, but I mean, you know, honesty is what it is. The expectations aren't there. Oh Yeah. Uh, Vanessa Graff said the Canucks are destroying the Oilers. Have you seen the score?
2: Um, I saw. Uh, doesn't or have a hat trick? Um, I don't know, but it's eight to one. Mm, Canucks. Yeah,
0: I'm going to turn on the Jets and Flames. That's three three with four minutes to go in the third. Uh, I'll
2: have to put that on uh, after we wrap up too.
0: Yeah, uh, that'll about do it. Unless you want to add something for tomorrow, Bill, the Blues and the Stars. No. What to look um, for in the game? Who's going to win?
2: Uh, Dallas is gonna win, um, and uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna say uh, it'll be uh, five to two with two empty net goals.
0: Man, then you're gonna have bandon haters coming out of the woodwork again.
2: It's, it won't be his fault.
0: <laughs> um, I'm not gonna root against him on opening day. No, I'll say the Blues pull one out tomorrow. I'm gonna say that they'll win in Dallas, uh, four to two. Okay, there we go. All right, four to two. And Vanessa Graf uh, says four to three Blues on a sunny goal. I did, I did pick
2: uh, Sunquist to get yeah. the first he goal did. of the season. So he did, yeah, and I've, I've got fault. Okay. At least I didn't say something stupid like, "Oh no, we're gonna get go shut out tomorrow night." <laughs> <laughs> After predicting that uh, fuck, we get a goal,
0: right? Yeah, be consistent, Bill.
2: Yeah, no, I <laughs> hey, I did it this year.
0: <laughs> All right, well, hey, at the very least, uh, let's have a fun season.
2: Yeah, it's hope springs eternal, right? Right. You know, we haven't played a game yet. Let's uh, let's uh, see what we can do here, boys.
0: Yeah, if it, who knows where we'll be after twenty games? <laughs> trading people away or in first place. Who knows? Who knows? It could be anything. It could be anything. A blank slate. <laughs> uh, support for let Blues Radio is brought to you in part by ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Uh, visit rockinthatidlife.com for more information. That's rockinthatidlife and get 10% off by emailing Dustin at rockinthatidlife at gmail.com and telling them let Radio sent you, radio sent you, and by Mike Bergorn from Real Broker's Realty. Visit strikewithmike.com today for all of your home buying and selling needs. That's strikewithmike.com. Uh, and I think you can email him at mike at strikewithmike.com. That's probably the better way to get a hold of him. And by Centerized Brewery, St. Louis's tasty hockey-themed beer. Check out your local beer vendors for availability. That Centerized Brewery beer. Please drink responsibly. And I think uh, Calgary just scored with a couple minutes to go.
2: Okay. Mm. So I'm not going to put that game on now.
0: <laughs> well, you know, someone's pulling the goalie. True. Uh, that'll wrap up episode one of season thirteen of the original St. Louis Blues hockey podcast. Let's Go Blues Radio. Thank you for listening, and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the live show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. for bill a day and the allegations ridden. Jeff Ponder and Austin Lynch didn't talk about Austin at all. He was like a forgotten guy today. Where'd he? Yeah. We, where, where, where's he tonight? Yeah, yeah, I,
2: I, I really feel like the allegations have taken him completely out at this point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I thought, oh man, he's got a, he's got a nice set of allegations. You ever hear that talk about somebody? <laughs> Boy, they got a nice set of allegations.
2: <laughs> uh, I, uh, I can say that I have. Okay. But...
0: Yeah, I was going to say something about him not being here. I didn't. I wasn't sure if he was going to show up or not. So, but uh, he is not. Sorry. St. <laughs>
2: Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one, now there's no more Blues for our St. Louis Blues. The Blues are on the ice tonight again, they're rough and tough and got the stuff to win, They'll always get one more, no matter what the score They are quite a hockey team,
0: my friends